0: hello and welcome to another episode of art and victory from the show starts now studios i'm your host christian pearson today we are at the depot in norman talking about creating a short film now before we get into it i gotta plug norman Norman Film Fest is this weekend so check that out and of course you can always catch the second Friday Art Walk here in Norman which is happens largely thanks to to Norman Arts Council who also you can thank for the show So we really do appreciate them and everything that they do Today we have three awesome panelists with with some great industry experience. Could y'all please go down the line and introduce yourselves
1: Hi, I'm Alex Picard Davis
2: I'm LaRon Chapman
0: And Kyle Roberts Right on. Well, I'm so glad to have y'all here. You can keep that mic, Kyle, and I want to ask all three of y'all, before we get started, why do you make films?
3: Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I
0: have an internal
3: need um, to create. Uh, I think most artists, whether musicians or painters or... Filmmakers uh, share that need. Uh, it's something that I have to do. It's not just like, oh, okay, I'm going to get up and make a movie. Um, it's, it's, it's in my soul that I have to create. So uh, I guess
0: that's why I do it. <laughs> there you go. Compulsive need. That works. Uh,
2: same thing for me. I think um, I started off with a background in journalism. So I have a lot of um, social issues that I like pushing or talking about, having big conversations about that. And film is just, for me, the most entertaining way to get those heavy subjects talked about to a mass audience. So I love it.
1: I would say for me, film and filmmaking, it's, it's like a family or a community where you all speak the same language. And so telling stories through film is for me, the best way to get across points that might otherwise be blown off or misunderstood. Everybody understands entertainment, film, uh, and when you're making it you're you're in the trenches with the people that know and hopefully love you
0: that's really cool it's a
1: little addictive
0: I love that and I know a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in the art side some will be interested in in, in the business side as well but I love starting with community because that is relevant to both ends so tell me how you found the film community that you're in now
1: I took the long road um, in high school and in college. I started out as a forensic science major, and then I realized that I really liked the stories of, that forensic science was telling and not necessarily the process I to see. get to the story. Um, and I had a really great English teacher, Dr. Macy, um, who saw some potential in my work and really pushed the creativity part. And I, I just really responded to that and started to go in that direction a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and then I met other people who were doing the things that I never thought that I could do. <laughs> and it became accessible. And then I became really hungry for it and it just kind of snowballed on itself and now now I'm here talking about it, which is so surreal.
0: That's great, so from the time you found that community to the time you started doing it professionally, was there a certain moment where you said, oh, I I want this to be my job?
1: Yes. (laughs) And there was still denial of it could be my job. There was always that practical, well, you gotta have a nine to five or you've gotta cut and run and move to LA and just do it. Um, And there was a point where I really considered going to LA and doing it. And then I realized I could do it in Oklahoma and I would have the support systems and the work that I was doing would have more of an impact versus fighting so hard. Out in LA, so I chose to stay, and I'm glad every day that I did.
0: That's awesome. So before we go on to the, to Lauren, I want to want to ask you what what do you spend most of your time doing in the industry nowadays?
1: Uh, most of the time, I run a film festival. I run Dead Center Film Festival, um, which is the second weekend in June, and that is a full time job for me, and so. On the side, I like to moonlight on friends' projects, um, giving my opinion to anybody who dares ask it. (laughs) Um, I should go back to screenwriting someday, Mm -hmm. and that was what my major was in, Um, but I just I enjoy the, the logistical part of it so much more than the writing of it now. i don't know that i'll ever go back but i might if i if i get inspired enough i might
0: well i definitely understand loving the process of putting the people in the right seats to make stuff happen that's really cool Laurent, i want to ask you about um maybe just some examples of of how you tell those stories that are important to you and how you how you get that message out to people
2: Uh, they normally are autobiographical Mm. um i try and find something really 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 personal to me that i know that i am an expert on at least from my own lens or experience mm-hmm. and then I try to broaden it to have a bigger conversation about about whatever that one theme or subject matter is. I but
0: see in your prime would you say you're primarily a writer and director?
2: Yeah, I'm primarily a writer. I think I, I was just telling Kyle, I'm an accidental director. I just get in front <laughs> of it because I want to have Creative control over the projects I'm telling, because I just think the, the thing that is really devastating to watch is someone to take your project and to misinterpret it. And no then doubt, put I mean, sh- there
0: storytelling. There's, there's a lot of nuance from going from what you wrote to how it shows up. And
2: yeah, they say there's you'd three, have to
0: really have a director you trust, I assume, if, if it weren't you. F-
2: for sure, they say that there's three movies: there's the movie you write, the movie you shoot, and then there's a the movie you edit and it changes dramatically through each one of those forms so by the end you have the essence of what was originally intended to be made but it's changed normally for the better if you know if you have a good team of people (laughs) so
0: so i I know you have a feature film out um Working on another feature film. Sp- speaking of those three parts, I mean, I'm sure you write it the way you want to write it, and I know you're on set. How involved are you in the editing process for the project? <laughs> I
2: you've need done? to be less involved in the editing process because I do kind of breathe over the editor's um, neck whenever I'm like, no, we're keeping that in. But taking that insight from um, other people is important a blind eye because what I want to see and what works for me may not be what's going to work for most people it's
0: a matter of communication right mm-hmm. how's it going to hit the person I'm talking to not just what am
2: I trying to say right exactly yeah cool so awesome. I can have my directors cut but there needs to be the there needs <laughs> to be the one that you know that most people are going to enjoy for sure
0: very cool I'm gonna come back to that Kyle I want to hear more about this this need to create is that exclusive to films or does that appear in different parts of your life as well yeah
3: it's kind of film and video in general um When I was born, I'm just kidding, Uh, in in high school, uh, when I was about 16. Uh, we were editing like VHS to VHS uh, on this analog uh, reels. And my teacher, a broadcast journalism teacher, his name is Ron Woodman, and he saw something in me, um, a creative energy. And so he's like, "I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm giving you a key to the school <laughs> and the editing bay." Because <laughs> I was just in there all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I'd go in there at nights and on the weekends, and like I would take like a this VHS tape I had called NBA Jam Session. It's like all these like you know high like reels from NBA games and like edit that to the beat of songs, which when it's VHS to VHS is hard <laughs> to do, and to time it all out and do all these things. So, so through that uh, I got a uh, broadcast journalism. Um, I studied at Oklahoma Christian and I got like seventy-five percent covered through a scholarship of this like VHS that I turned it <laughs> uh, from a bunch of work I did in high school and everything. Uh, and after that, I so I did a bunch of filming like our basketball games and stuff at school and and, uh, news stories and stuff and after that uh, for seven years i was a videographer and editor at news okay and so edited thousands of videos um shot and edited like thousands of videos that, little news pieces and, and some are more like documentary uh, mini documentaries and stuff too which is a lot of fun
0: that's great so yeah. your background is really heavy into videography editing right. that kind of stuff well nowadays i understand you're really writing and directing as well so when did you start yeah i don't that? write but i work okay. with
3: our writers like candy gotcha hand-hand gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But um oh man i don't know we Again, even at News Okay, we're doing shorts, you know, short films and different things in, in a sense, maybe like more kind of documentary shorts. But we started like playing with toys um, and posting stuff to YouTube. So mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I started getting into stop motion animation. So we recreated the 80s Ninja Turtles open like frame by frame <laughs> uh, to match it. Uh, and then we did the same thing with X-Men and like USA. Today I wrote about it, MTV and Wired Magazine, VH1, and like all these things, literally like three or 400 blogs. Uh, and then DreamWorks contacted us to do the same intro stop motion treatment for their show, Dino Trucks, which is a 3D animated, uh, Netflix show. And so we got to do that. And then from there, we kind of started doing some of these other stop motion projects on the side of that, uh, I directed my first and produced first feature film post human project, which is a teen superhero film, uh, the one dead center, um, five years ago now. Uh, yeah. And since then, even have done other stop-motion series. We did a Trolls series for DreamWorks. Uh, I'm just bragging about all that stuff. But it's, it's all yeah. kind of like, you taking all these things that you do and it helps your creative storytelling process. So. You know, some people are like, oh yeah, like Reckless Banner, that's the stop motion company. And some people think of us as like the superhero live action film company or the documentary company. So it's like, we do a lot of different things, sure. but it's all typically based on, cause I'm at the helm of it, like what I'm passionate about and really hope that other people
2: <laughs>
0: no talk to you know. well, well, and I think that what you do is a, a bit inspirational. It's cool to see a story of someone who is moonlighting at the school, you know, just in their editing on yeah. film, you know, on, on VHS. And then all of a sudden, you know, you stayed local, but it got to the point where we are going all these accolades, this recognition, won an Emmy, that kind of thing. Like, couple, congrats, a yeah. couple Emmys, yeah. <laughs> awesome, well, sorry, I'll do my research better next time. Yeah, yeah um, that, that's really inspiring, so that's cool. I, I'm gonna come back to that. Um, Laurent, I was wondering if you could give us an example of maybe a topic that, one of these autobiographical topics and how you portrayed it in a film, and, and really what you were trying to say, and, and how you felt like that came across.
2: Yeah, so the, my first feature film, You People, it, it started off as a conversation piece just about racial identity. Um, in college, my roommate um, or my dormmate um, he would regularly tell me that I was the whitest black guy that he ever met, <laughs> mm. and I know he intended that to be a compliment, but I never took it as one yes. um, and so But I thought it was an interesting conversation starter about what it was he what he attributed right. to being you know a black male, and right. so the film itself is all about this you know this African-American guy coming to terms with what it means to be a black man outside of those kind of social constructs of it. Um, So the film in general is kind of, I just took really kind of maybe, I guess you can call them painful experiences in my life that, and tried to find a way to dramatize them in a larger narrative. So there's a lot of instances, whether it's um, racial profiling, filing, or, you know, or, um, or just outward just displays of it, um that we tried to that I you know again dramatize in a way that I thought would be cinematic without being way too specific to just me you I know see.
0: so so ideally a lot of people could in their own experience identify with it and, and sure. maybe be spoken to in some way yeah. do you think that that message was more for uh people who experienced the same thing that you've done or people who were more like your roommate
2: um, both you know what's by broadening the story to i mean it 's primarily about race but, um, but it's also in general all the different characters of wide diverse group of minority characters in it that are all kind of the antithesis of the racial stereotype that you associate with them um, and so I just took I took it as a again like a broader s- subject about what it means to be anything that we you know that people have so oh, I see. um and each character comes under their own um their own trial would have you for it but very yeah. nice
0: so in that sense both sides could be for both sides right yeah i mean it's yeah. more broadly applicable even it sounds like than the race necessarily sure. it could be about all sorts of things
2: yeah after after each screening that we've had it's always interesting the kind of questions that come up some of them are the same you know, like, how did you come to this? Why did you decide to tell this story? But then sometimes somebody say, well, thank you for bringing this part, this subject up. And it's sometimes something I wouldn't even have thought of. Like, there's, there's a adoptive, um, adoption agency storyline in, in it. there was a woman who was adopted that was really moved by it. And I found that interesting, you know, that I hadn't, I was not adopted, but she thought that story bringing light on that issue, you know was another thing that so there's just different there's a whole host of different subjects that are tackled in it but yeah
0: that's a really cool thing about taking an idea high level where people get to write their own meanings out of it that maybe you didn't intend but if, as long as you're telling the story truthfully those sure. stories will be intact whether yeah. you intended for them to be or not and that's a that's a really amazing thing about art i think yeah it's very cool um i'd love to come back to that but i want to get a little insight from alex about um how, how how do you put together something like dead center and and you know how do you you're really in the business world, but you have a strong background in the art world. How, how do you marry art and business in a way that's good for the art and good for the business? Well,
1: that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. That's what I feel like my, my superhero power would be if I was ever in a Kyle movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would, would definitely be taking like the creative part and not crushing those dreams mm. with reality. Um, you know, the festival, it, we are so lucky especially being in Oklahoma City, people want to participate, people want to help out. Uh, We have a a million volunteers who help make the festival happen. Um, So, it's really, we're we're in our 20th year. There are some things that were just established way before I ever came on board. Um, And I came on board in 2006 as a volunteer. So, I've seen just about everything. Uh, It's, it's really about respecting the artwork and and celebrating the filmmakers um and creating a safe space and when it comes down to it all the logistics it's just event planning (laughs) at the end of the day it doesn't sound very exciting but it is um it's 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 a lot of event planning and then a lot of a lot of humans and a lot of vulnerable humans One of the reasons I think Laurent's work resonates so much is it is incredibly vulnerable to put your personal stories on screen, to put any story on screen and have people judge it is is a a very vulnerable process, but to put your own stories up there and hope that people come away from it with at least some of what you took from the experience. (laughs) That terrifies me.
3: You're basically getting up there and taking down your pants (laughs) and like... I hope you like what you see, because this just spent three years of our lives, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of vulnerability to the process of putting something out there. So I
1: I think that's the hardest part about a festival or any sort of event around a film or anybody who's trying to promote a film is really caretaking all of the steps that have been made up to that point to show the work. Um, So the rest of it's just event planning and and drinking.
0: Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah. Um, So just with regards to, uh, I mean, you've seen a lot of people probably coming into the industry and and trying to get their foot in the door and trying to build a career, and I'm sure you've seen people just, you know, crushing it like a lot of people that we're sharing sharing the room with. Um, uh, What do you think differentiates somebody who finds a lot of success and somebody who maybe is still trying to figure it out?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is the hustle uh, both Kyle and Laron are hustlers and they'll probably
3: we'll they'll,
1: see. They'll, oh, they'll, sure. they'll, they'll get into how much underwater they're paddling to make it move forward um, And I think that's really the big difference between a filmmaker and a filmmaker is they're willing to put in the time and the energy and the vulnerability to make it happen um, whereas somebody else might get lucky once they're probably not gonna get lucky twice. And they for certain probably don't have a whole lot to say <laughs> um, because you learn things as you go. Um, and as you start to put things out, people will give you stories back. People will be vulnerable back. Um, so.
0: That's great. So, Loran Lauren- I assume you're, you're a hustler too, so tell me about a time you hustled in the film industry to, to really make something
2: happen. Uh, well, I've always, I mean, that's always been, I mean, I, what she's saying is generally that there are people who say, I want to be famous versus, right. I, or I want to, you know, I want to be a movie star, right. but they don't really know kind of the the long-term, you know, effort that that requires. Right. Um, I mean, those, whether it's the sleepless nights, whether it's, you know, taking, you know, unpaid gigs just to get exposure or to meet certain people. Um, I think, like with you people, for example, I had no concept of how to make a movie um, going into it. I just had written something, and I'd seen that other people had done so. So I literally just took small incremental measures for about... A three-year process whether it was fundraising I I did a bake sale a garage sale you know um, anything I could think of that could generate money um, to try and get in front of to get it in front of people you know the right people Um, and at some point um, after that process when we finally secured enough funding to do it and surprised again She mentioned the community here is so important. It's another reason why I haven't gone to Los Angeles because um, there have been a couple Opportunities to do so is that the community the film community here in Oklahoma is so um, supportive um, Whereas as I hear in some of the on the coast, you know, it's a lot not necessarily it's more competitive. It's always competitive It's a Cutthroat exactly. There's a level of competitiveness that always comes into
0: it. so just want to back up so sure when you were learning how to fundraise you put on a bake sale to raise money for one of I your
2: literally days. and i <laughs>
0: tell i want you to tell me about this bake sale
2: <laughs> yeah i had a bake sale slash garage sale sold a bunch of stuff um well i mean you, you 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 take what you know how to do well um and you can use that in many ways i know how to cook so i i made i had a di- i had a dinner sale and i cooked food and i and i sold plates so you know um, that's a that's another trade, I guess. You know, you can say I can ha- I have you know. not, th- I never thought I'd be doing it on that scale, and now and now I've occasionally been asked to cater for films that I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> Start catering like,
0: so, business to fund your films um, now? Yeah, yeah. I've
2: done that a couple <laughs> times, you know. But it's a yeah. but then you know. But they paid me for that, so it was for another sure. it was another you know job opportunity that I didn't realize I had, but I only got that from being a part of the film community. So, so
0: it's it's hustling on your on your creative project, but also being creative in your hustle. It sounds yeah. like as well, which is. Which is a really interesting idea. Um, tell me about how you learned to uh, raise funds outside of a bake sale. You know, more the traditional way. What what got you? Did you have any mentors or, or anything like that to kind of sure. I you mean, away? I,
2: well, um, before I went into make you people, I had been working in the film industry for about five or six years, um, and through that, I had made friends with people from a wide range of jobs. Jobs in the film industry, gotcha. which I didn't, I did, I took for granted at the time. But when I set out to like crew my film, I realized that I already knew everybody. You know, I, and
0: that those relationships had Those value, relationships, yeah. to
2: I've been networking this whole time. I was just building relationships, but I didn't realize I was building colleagues and contacts and what have you. So I knew a makeup artist, I knew a sound guy, I knew cinematographers, I knew actors. So it was just kind of a, you know, it kind of just i was calling in a bunch of favors and because i already had those built-in relationships they're willing to work with me for a significant pay cut from what they would have ever been you know um what they would ever worked with but just because they believed in me they believed in the project so you can't really underestimate those relationships that you build on those sets even if it's even if it's arduous work you know you have to make sure that every time you're on a film set that you make five new friends you know, so.
0: so from the point where the light bulb clicked and you're like, oh, I've been networking this whole time. I have these industry relationships that are really important. Did that change your approach to networking from that point on? Was that like, or was it more or less the same and you just now knew what to call
2: it? Um, I now knew what to call it. Yeah. So, I and, and at that point, I navigated that way. I operated that way. Um, and I also offer my time to other people's projects. That's another thing too. It's, cool. it's, it's a supportive community. Like so I people keep asking me to act. In films, and I I, I despise it, <laughs> but but, um, but she she says I'm good. But you know, people say this, and then I don't want my head to get too big with it. But um, I do it, you know, and I've done it eight or nine times now. So I can't uh, say that I I don't do it. But um, but it's definitely when when asked by somebody that I trust, that I know would support me in a different way if I needed them too. So.
0: I love the humility of of just being like, you know, I'm not doing it because I want to get famous, like you said. I'm doing it because it's my friend's projects, and I want mm-hmm. them to see success too. That's really cool, Kyle. Um, I wanna I wanna thank you for those stories, by the way. Um, so. Uh, I'm sure that your hustle since high school has only expanded now that you do it professionally. I mean, what's your, what's your routine like now and, and your output? Stop, I, know, I know stop motion is insanely time-consuming. I mean, what are your work hours like and, and how do you, how do you sure. run a project? Sure,
3: today uh, we did one shot. Uh, we're doing another recreation, like just fan-made thing, because we're in between projects. So it was like, a, well, we recreated the Ghostbusters 80s intro, um, and it was six hours for a two-and-a-half-second shot. <laughs> uh, but it is awesome. <laughs> That's an <laughs> awesome two seconds. To <laughs> yeah, and we had, to, we had to actually like redo, like, we had to take out a bunch of stuff from our studio and shoot it on the floor and do all these different things. It's, I don't know, it's, it's in the firehouse where the Ecto-1 like busts out the doors and it's running, going crazy and everything. But... Anyway, uh, it's super dope.
0: <laughs> that sounds cool. So what's your what's your work schedule like? Like like when you're working on that, I mean, whether it's the shooting or the editing, I mean, do you wake yeah. up early and work on it? I mean, yeah, how's I that to look? Yeah, I have
3: like normal office hours. Uh, our studio is downtown Oklahoma City. And so I try to get in around nine uh, every day and um, we have two interns right now. So I'm kind of like getting them on stuff while we're working on stuff. Uh, we're also animating a cartoon intro, 2D animated intro, called Astro Loopers, and they're kind of like emergency responders uh, in space, <laughs> so it's like these flying cars that
0: like help out people and stuff. Nice. So you get into the opposite, 9am, and do you work until lunch, or like, I mean, what's, like, about I'm kind of getting an idea of like, are you, a, are you a guy who stays up all night working, or are you a guy who yeah. gets up super no, early in about the morning? 4 again? or
3: 5, and then there's times where... Like after we have two girls, and if they go to bed about 7:30 or 8, then I'll hop back on emails or do different things, whatever. But uh, try to have more or less like normal office, you know,
0: no, normal hours. Office hours. Kind of thing. Is that how you've always been? Like when you were getting started, were you, were, did you have pretty normal hours, no. or were you all, all over the <laughs> and place? And we
3: still, I mean, whenever, th- whenever there's a deadline, there's a deadline. So literally mm-hmm. last night I was up until 2:30 working on a deadline we had for Astro AstroLippers that we sent in sure. um, to Santa Monica today uh, to get it out to them. But very nice. But yeah.
0: So with the stop motion thing, I mean, are you are you involved in both the shooting and the editing process? Do you uh, oversee that or are you actually in actually doing every aspect of that normally?
3: Yeah, so I guess I probably don't like to admit this. I guess I'm a control freak. Uh, So a part of producing and directing and I like to have a hand in everything. So I'm one of our animators. So if you're sitting here moving this around in stop motion, world, it's an animator. So that you're there on set and during the live action, you know, part of the stop motion or whatever. Uh, And then I'm an editor. So I'm basically like a director editor in general, uh, but took up like stop motion,
0: you know, and kind of learned that, but. And you do live action projects as well. So what's the balance for you, like, between stop motion and live? And we're working
3: on development for a feature that we're hopefully hopefully shooting uh, next year. Nice. Uh, We're calling it truth-based. Genre. So it's kind of inspired by the book of Job um, from the Bible, but set in a modern day high school world. Uh, so it's dealing with teen depression and anxiety uh, and ultimately suicide. It's far too common today uh, and something that really uh, impacts me uh, and something that I kind of felt like I was put here to make to talk about and yeah yeah. if that makes sense for sure um i don't know how much i i feel like it wasn't audible sound but when i was about 18 i had this like i was laying there in bed and i felt like felt like god was saying i have something to show through you let's go and that scared the crap out of me when i was an 18 year old high school kid but that's kind of what i've been doing ever since then is hustling and doing different projects and and now, now I'm a videographer, editor, and now I'm a director, and I, mean, I would just like keep creating and keep doing stuff until this project I feel like is that calling, sort of.
0: I see. Do you, yeah. do you work on any projects that you don't feel that calling for, that maybe are more of a gig? Is, is there a delineation between this is, sure. a, this is a gig, this is like what I'm on earth to do?
3: Sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff we do for Reckless Abandonment as a production company mm-hmm. of local videos and commercials. I mean, I always like, Find a way to put my heart and passion into it. Uh, okay. Otherwise, I feel like you could tell, <laughs> right, uh, right in the final in the final products. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I feel like passion is like an intangible value that yes. if some, if a team, person, or team like doesn't have that in the project, you can almost always tell for some reason. Even if you're watching, you're like, totally something's kind of flat, you know, about this, right. and it's
0: that could be one of them. So, how do you get? really, really excited about something that you're not initially <laughs> excited about. What especially are the mental gymnastics you go through? Yeah, yeah, How do you do that?
3: Like, I don't want to bash, the, uh, I'm not going to say the company, but sure. say it's like a, a corporate video. Okay. It's in general, I wouldn't be excited about. I try to come to it as like a filmmaker to the table of like, here's how we could tell these stories. that doesn't feel like a commercial. You know, it feels more organic or from the heart or, you know, whatever. And typically that works. And especially if you've done several videos. I've actually... Done videos for seven years for this company, um, and it works really well, and they pay really well, which,
0: which is good. So, just coming up with a creative enough idea that you're sure. like, hey, this is a cool way to say what they're trying to say, it, right. it gives them what they need, but I get to actually say it in a creative way, yeah, and now I can get on fire. Like
3: commercial it doesn't cool. feel like you're selling something
0: gotcha yeah. I, I could see that being really really valuable especially for people who are trying to keep the lights on you know right. and, and oh, but totally. also really be honing their craft that's yep. really cool yeah um, so Laurent I want to own a back to you um, sure. what's the balance between projects you're truly passionate about and things that are trying to keep the lights on is it
2: a balance um, from one or the other? So as of lately, I have owned almost exclusively only worked on my projects, that's and that's, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it means that I, I'm now in a space where I can do that. Yes. There was a time when I was only doing gigs that I didn't care about. You right. know? Um, and But again, as a byproduct of that, I built forged those relationships with people on those projects who were all there for the same reasons as well. So yeah. some of them were great. Some of them were really big ones. Uh, I worked on August Osage County when that came here um there was there's several feature films that have come through here in the last uh five or six years that i've been a part of um but for primarily i mean like commercials are really the ones that are the kind of the bread and butter for the community because i feel like they're so measured they're so abbreviated you have their two-day shoots but you'll 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 probably generate enough you know salary wise you know that you would get on a a month-long film you know Especially independent movies. So, um, but that's that's always kind of how I've differentiated. You know, the two in the, is that the independent films you're not working on for money. You know, you're working on them because you genuinely are invested in the art or the craft or the storytelling of it. Um, and then the more commercial things, you know, you can put. I mean, I'm not saying you can't put passion into those. It's just that a lot of times, you know, it's that it's it's a again about just you know, again putting yourself out there to make sure that you can jump on to another project after that you know So nice.
0: well congrats on getting to a plateau where you feel like you get to work primarily on your own stuff that's a really sure. cool thing especially yeah. in a smaller market to get there so like yeah. you should be proud of yourself but that's really cool um i want to just like flash back a little to when we were doing more commercial work um i'd love to i'd love to get an insight into kind of what that season of your life was like maybe especially for people who might be there right now Chaotic. how do you keep excited about uh, what was on the other side
2: um it was chaotic I mean it was it's I think people look at the film industry as very glamorous and mm-hmm. enticing it's the shiny it, we're just there having a good time all day and I'm not going to say that there aren't those moments but right. they they happen with a with a cost you know you you're spending Twelve to fifteen-hour days for six days straight for two two-month shoots. You know, so yeah. you're not you're a lot of that's like you mentioned in the trenches. It literally is like going to boot camp or going to um, you know the military. It's just it's very like I mean in terms of like how important time is, how str- how high stress of an environment it is because yeah. there are so many.
3: And that's just production.
2: Yeah, that's just production, exactly. Uh fundraising
3: or post or yeah, anything um, else.
2: <laughs> I feel like um the production part of it is is obviously the most physical physically arduous part of it. But I think um, um for sure <laughs> post production has um its uh joys too. Um, but I mean at least it's more contained in a space where it's like it's just you and that stuff, but on set when you have 40 people's jobs that are all interconnected and everybody has to communicate with everybody at all times you're losing light every second of the day and if you didn't get that shot and you only have this location for one day um you're not getting you know like and you didn't everybody
0: getting along and just keeping everything like you can't
2: waste anything it's literally the idea that time is money is is really articulated very well on a film set 'Cause any time wasted is is going to devalue or take away some of the quality of your project. So
0: the
3: bigger the budget, the more
2: the more problems. Yeah. Bigger the budget, the higher the stakes, basically,
0: right? For sure. I hear that. That's that's really incredible. Um, you know, I, I hear you when you say that uh, you know, from the outside looking in, it probably looks like a fun job, mm-hmm. you know, because you're probably learning what the film industry's like from films and filmmakers' jobs are often to make things look awesome. So yeah, yeah you might yeah. not get, you know, the actual day-to-day image from a movie about what that's that's like
2: the reward is when you get to sit down and marvel at all of the hard work that everyone did and put into Mm -hmm. this piece of art that's now a tangible thing that you can always refer back to you know so that's the that's you know whenever that happens that's what makes it worth it i remember trying to remember um Dead center when you people premiered for the first time and seeing that with a, a full house of people, all people from the community that either contributed to it financially or were a part of it creatively, or just outside supporters that just built you up. Yeah. All there in the same room collectively to share this experience with you. That's what it's that's what you do it for, you know. I hear so, that. So but to
3: me it's also like feedback from other people sure. to uh, Probably the best memory I have uh, when we were on the festival circuit with Posthuman Project, it was this—probably six or seven-year-old girl—and I had no idea. This was in uh, Orlando, so we were at, walking out of the theater, and she was she was acting like Gwen, who had fire has fire powers, and she was like, "That was the best movie I've ever seen, Daddy." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like that just like melted my heart. Because yeah. for us, it's four years of working on it, but for her, be—I mean, I don't know if that's you know, true, but kids kids say what they're feeling, sure you know, too. Yeah. Uh, and that was like, you know, especially when you hear this from other people, uh, your, your target audience or whatever, too, it's like it's valid. It's everything.
0: Yeah. It's valid. That's cool. Alex, so let's say I, uh, I want to be in the film industry, but I'm terrible behind a camera, I'm terrible in front of a camera, I can't edit, but I can hustle. Yeah. What does hustle look like on the admin side?
1: There, there are some great jobs for you if you're a hustler. Um, PA. Is always PA's are always talking
0: about PA uh, production pers- assistant. Production so okay.
1: taking orders going and doing stuff doing it as quickly as possible doing it as effectively as possible not asking questions <laughs> asking questions if you need some <laughs> clarification <laughs> uh, but being confident enough to go and do and get water or whatever um, my advice to anybody who's wanting to to work on a film is do it. People are looking for free good labor. Uh, sure. Don't don't show up and half-ass it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. show up and do the work, and you'll be you'll you be meet so many you, you'll meet so many people, and you'll figure out what you're meant to do. Um, my first job working in the film industry was um, interning on Michael Winterbottom's. The, killer inside me in Guthrie and I just drove every day to Guthrie and did what they told me to do (laughs) and did it well and I smiled and was pleasant to work with and it was actually a really great production to work on um on my side uh because the people I was working with had the same attitude um and that's one of the great things about working in Oklahoma (laughs) particularly is people usually do have a pretty good attitude about it there's a, a sense of camaraderie and teamwork and um you just, if you're, if you're hardworking, people see it and know it, mm-hmm. and they're willing to give you more opportunities. I, I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody at the festival or working on another project and recommended them. I'm, I'm in a wonderful position where people ask me all the time for, hey, I need a cinematographer, I need this or that, who do you know? Um, and I always have names at the ready because I've had the privilege to work with so many people and witness their work ethic and um just personalities like nobody wants to work with you if you're a jackass Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody wants to spend 20 hours a day and become your temporary family um if you're if you're hard to work with um because then you don't get those moments of joy and those highs necessarily so um it's it's be willing to work and work hard and sometimes for free and that sucks but that's the reality of it um that's, I think that's the reality of it in a lot of different workforces. Uh, film just has a bit of a spotlight on it and seems a little bit more fun, so it might be a little more bearable at the end of the day.
0: I hear that. That's nice. So um, you're, I feel like you're probably one of the main people to ask this question to in Oklahoma City specifically, but but Oklahoma City specific, how, how do people who want to get in the street, where, where do they need to go? What, what do they need to show up to? Who do they, who do they need to go connect with? What organizations? To get started.
1: Oh, you built that up. Um, I would say the first, your first stop <laughs> needs to be the Film and Music Office. The Oklahoma okay. Film and Music Office, yeah. um, which you can Google. They post jobs all the time. Um, they post whether there's an internship or there's a casting call or whatever. Uh, the other places. Yeah, PA positions, they they really know what's going on and half the time I'm pointing people to them. Um, but they're also, they're, they're the builders of the databases and the things that films that are coming into the state who need to meet a certain quota of workforce, they're looking there um, to, to hire people. And if you have one credit to your name, you can register for the database and you get phone calls. I was an accountant for a day on Killer Inside Me. I helped wrap their books. And by accountant, I mean glorified because math is not my jam. Uh, But I still get phone calls to this day because I have that on the database. I'm like, I'm sorry, I have a a real job. (laughs) I I have a steady job and I can't go do this three-month project that sounds super fun. Um, But also I chose not to work on a project-to-project basis because it makes me want to vomit inside. I And then like Facebook groups are a really great place Mm -hmm. where people are constantly posting. A lot of the smaller, smaller projects are. Um, We have projects, the the 48-hour film project happens every year, and that's a place where teams get together to film a film from start to finish in 48 hours, and it's insane. Um, But people are always looking for people to do that. And that's a great way to really get your hands on the nuts and bolts of a production and, and see just what's going on. a short amount of time. Yeah, know? yeah. So if, if, if you really hate it, all? you're only committed to it for 48 yeah.
0: hours. That sounds like a great way to get your feet wet, yeah.
1: Um, so, I think there are, are a lot of great opportunities. You just kind of have to have your ears open and ask questions. Um, nobody ever died from asking questions that I know of. Uh, so, asking questions and finding things out. Half of what I've learned, I've learned from talking to filmmakers. Film. Yes, Kyle. So the,
3: the Facebook thing, I guess it's just going on there and searching, like, Oklahoma film, yeah. or filmmakers. There's, I don't know, eight or ten different groups. And you'll see, like, some have, like, 2,000 members and some have... Hundred or whatever, but there, there's a bunch of different ones, different yeah. rooms. Great.
0: I don't know if that was a question, but I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, um, that's very cool. I think that's 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 real helpful. Um, so, Lauren, could you Lauren, could you talk to me about the forty-eight hour film festival and your involvement in it? In
2: the yeah, I've done it about. Mostly acting, <laughs> but because yeah. that's what they want me to do. Um, but um, that's what they want me to do. I've written a couple times, um, um, but the main thing is with that. It's like she said. It's a great way to get your feet wet if you have no experience, because you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to say I've. Met, you don't right. have to impress anybody in that way. You just have to be able to know or navigate with a different group and say, Hey, you know, you're a part of this this team, because the whole idea is that. Everyone's an amateur in this in this particular field, and so what we're doing at this point is just, you know, giving somebody a role that they might not normally, you know, be awarded or, or to get in a, in a mainstream film. Mm. Um, so like, hey, you know, how don't you? How about you do the lighting for a day, or how about you write a script this time, or how about you? You know, you you can always mix that up. Um, and so the whole idea, like she mentioned, is you know they give you like a genre um, that you pick out of a hat. Um, and um, basically it could be anything from Western, comedy, you know, musical, and so then you're assigned to that, and that's the movie you have to make with other elements that every team has to incorporate into it, like the same line of dialogue, the same prop, and they kind of reward you on how best you you incorporate those elements into the original script that you make that night. So the whole format
0: is... The, the different teams that show up to 48 Hour Film Festival are given a theme and they quickly go away and within two days they create a full film that incorporates those themes and then there's some kind of judgment or criteria based on and there's some fun exactly. awards and that kind of thing. Exactly, nice. so
2: once they get the, you know, once if for those who finish, because yeah. um, it's a hard project, project process yeah. to do so, um, some people don't finish, but a significant amount of them do. And when they do, you turn it in, um, they do a premiere for all those films that you get to watch everyone's finished product, which is oh, always no. the fun part, because um, yeah. some people come up with things that I just don't know how in the world <laughs> you did that in two days. How have you not had that idea in your mind for the last five years? You just had the moment to do it. But, um, and then they do an award ceremony where, you know, best actor, best, best short film, best what have you. So, are the crews
0: pulling all-nighters to put these things together oh, yeah. you have so to. everyone's watching those like trying not to fall asleep and just oh, running yeah. on adrenaline yeah. i guess
2: it's, it's two hours that i mean two awesome. days of two days of pure yeah, sleep deprivation yeah for sure yeah
0: that's amazing kyle have you done the 48 hour film festival yeah. tell me about I your experience did there five
3: of them oh wow okay uh, but, but yeah it's, it's a worldwide competition oh, nice. oklahoma city has like a chapter in. It. okay i so, hear that so so different cities like dallas is in the spring, I think. They're different times, different cities. Mm -hmm. Um, So have
0: you only competed at OKC?
3: Yeah, I want to take a team to Dallas and see 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 how how it goes. But um, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But I kind of look at it from a perspective of bringing people on on board. I think each year, about half of our crew are people that I haven't worked with, or maybe worked with once or something, but giving them a different, you know, like you're saying, different task or different something else that they want to do. So they're really passionate about learning and doing as well. But at the same time, I want to make sure they have a certain amount of experience with it yeah, because right. we, we only have two days to write, shoot, direct and turn this thing in. Yeah. Uh, so basically you show up at like 7 on Friday and turn it in a 7 on Sunday, 7pm. Uh, um, but yeah, so I kind of look at it as a couple of things. One, if we have time to do it uh, to lead a team, I guess, and produce something and every year um, we go to San Diego Comic Con with a new short film nice. and so we've gone with a lot of of our 48 hour shorts um, too. And the one we just did uh, is going to be played. Uh, it's called life upgraded uh, with starting a different Milan, <laughs> Marzette. Uh, that's going to be played at AMC in um, Times square uh, at a festival there okay. uh, in a couple months. So we're pretty excited about Congrats. that. But so, so it's, so it's an opportunity to make something that you're proud of. Hopefully it's <laughs> in only two days and to travel with it and, um, and especially for us to go to Comic-Con every year because then I meet with Nickelodeon and Drew, you know, all of these people all over again so they recognize us and I'm like, oh yeah, they do, you know, <laughs> creative work too, you know, kind of thing,
0: but. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I have two more questions for all y'all. I appreciate, I've learned so much already. <laughs> this has been a joy, so thank y'all so much. I got two more questions for y'all and then we're gonna open up to Q&A so y'all be thinking of your questions. And the first question is this, tell me a question that, that, that I should ask you today and then answer it. <laughs>
1: I, it. <laughs> I love that I'm I'm the default for this. That, that's <laughs> down to that's her. a great question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One with many possible answers <laughs> and questions. Um,
0: it doesn't have to be the best question I should ask you just just one that I wouldn't think of because you know I'm kind of new to film and I think some people watching might be too so so what's something that you think you're like I will go
1: with with my my base question that I always ask when I'm doing internship interviews it's a little bit of a cheat uh, but it's a really I think it's good and it's what's your favorite movie and why oh Um, yeah It's, it's a bit of a gimme, but it so gets people to talk. So what's your favorite movie? Um, I don't have one favorite movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the trick answer is there's not one answer. That, that, that's the truth. Cool. If, if you answer
1: cool. one movie, and if the movie's Titanic, get out. Uh, no. For me, I've got two, and one's a comedy and one's a drama. Um, In Bruges is the comedy and it's a really, 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 really dark comedy, so it's basically a drama, but it's hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Um, and The Fountain. The fountain. Um, which is a, very much a drama and is just beautiful to look at. And so why me... do you
0: like those two? Why do you like uh, In Bruges?
1: Because they both are stories that I can't imagine any other director telling. Mm-hmm. And they're both they're both films that are writer-director. I think that's that's an important distinction to make, even though that's not why I would pick them. Yes. Uh, but their vision is really, really clear, and you just, you could not make that movie with anybody else. And so they didn't. <laughs> they did it their way, um, with their actors, and um, The Fountain actually has a really long production history. Brad Pitt was supposed to star in it, and it ended up being Hugh Jackman, and being a much smaller film than, than when Brad Pitt was attached. It was supposed to be this big studio picture, and now it's this really artsy film. It's a Darren Aronofsky film, for those of you who are familiar. Um, And it's probably one of his lesser-known works because it was a smaller, more confusing film. And the first time I watched it, I didn't really like it. I didn't get it. Um, It took me about four views to really unlock it. And then once I did, the reward for that just was oh my gosh this is an amazing movie
0: you stepped up and joined those writer directors <laughs> so the I, really, vision, like, I, I respect I movies
1: it. that require you to take the time yeah. but respect the time that you're taking while you're doing it um, versus being just so far left field that it's like we're making art man um, it's it's more there there is substance there
0: so you have to put um, forth the work but it's attainable yeah. it's not like so out that you can't get there that's yeah that's a really good analysis
2: of that thank you cool Leron, what is Leron, your favorite what's your movie? question favorite movie? favorite
0: movie sure yeah i love it oh, no i think that's man. a good question really that's a question. <laughs> good question yeah i like it i like it
2: Well, see is he, my favorite movie is american beauty even it's problematic now because of kevin spacey but we won't get into it but oh, the, yeah. the <laughs> but um i do enjoy the film uh still to this day because it's a story about people that um that have this pristine veneer that we think they're one way. And we slowly kind of learned they all have this dark secret that they're harboring and they're not telling even their own family members amongst them. So everyone has this impression of who all these people are. And I just think that's human nature. It's just this idea of looking closer at people, that there's 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 a deeper layer to people than what we see on the surface. And so many of us only get to see that one side of them and we and that is forever our interpretation of who they are. So the reason why our friends are our friends is because we allow ourselves to, to you know to delve deeper into those spaces. So I just thought that it really it really articulated that really well with some very flawed, complicated characters. Um, and so that's the one that's always resonated with me. But. That's awesome. Well, and I also want to hear what your question is that I should ask you. Um, that I would ask somebody, or that sure,
0: maybe that I, as, as someone new, should, should be asked.
2: I think you should. I think maybe you should ask yourself why you want to make a film. Why? What is it you're intending to say? Again, with that going back to that idea of like, are you doing this to get recognized, or are you doing this because you have something you want to say? I love that. So,
0: I love it. That's a great mix. Well, my
2: favorite
3: movie, for this almost exact same reasons that you had, is Clueless. are putting up a facade. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do love that movie. So, my, my favorite movie... Yeah, sorry. It is a great movie. The one for different reasons, but uh my favorite movie is breakfast club uh and when i was i was like a kid when i saw that i like opened my eyes to a whole new thing and then the more i learned about filmmaking and started reading a lot about john hughes like editors hated john hughes because he would just do take after like 30 takes on a specific part because he would just let them like go and ad-lib but at the same time that's why it feels very real and very emotional uh through these characters even if it's um which Breakfast Club is a comedy, but Ferris is also one of my favorites. Uh, and even though it's it's this slap, kind of a slapstick comedy, it just feels real. This tension between him and his sister, and these other things are going on. It's not as um, dramatic um, as American Beauty, right? Sure. But um, but it's just yeah, I just feel like these these really real characters are, t- are t- telling the story. Um, so that's why. Uh, and I also love J.J. J. Abrams. So I think through a lot of my stuff, you kind of see a John Hughes meets J.J. J. Abrams, hmm. and that's like what a Kyle Roberts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a is. lot of your influence. Yeah, it's, nice. a, it's a lot of, I
3: have a lot of like kind of teen angst stuff um, mixed with adventure, I guess. Very cool. Kind of thing. But uh question to ask. Yeah. That's an inter- inter- <laughs> interesting question. Uh, I think I feel like I had something. Oh, so a lot of times, I don't know if this is a question or not, but it kind of blows my mind of traveling, you know, film festivals and different things, that talking to filmmakers. Some filmmakers um, don't have any idea who their audience is. And, and that, like, blows my mind because uh, that's, like, how I approach everything. It's like, okay, we got this gig or we're working on this gig or this this project or whatever. Who is... Who is our target audience? Like, how are we going to tell the story? Because that's how I answer question one to question a million. You know, uh, throughout the process, whether it's two-day process or two or five-year process. Uh, so think about. I mean, the question is, who is your talk, target audience? It kind of goes along with yours. Like, why are you making a movie, and who is your target audience? Who would watch this? Yeah, who would watch it? Who
2: would watch it? Mm-hmm.
3: So whether you're making a bunch of money or tr- trying to, or or just you know get it seen and have that. The, those people, again, John Johnny, who's my favorite director, he never won an Oscar, but it, it he captured the hearts of audience in a whole generation. And that's what I want to do. I don't care if I ever win an Oscar. For sure. Uh, but that's what I'm trying to do with our projects
0: is capture the hearts of a generation. Kind Man, of. That, is, that is absolutely beautiful. I- I really believe that art is language, right? And in order for you to communicate well, you can't just know what you're saying. You gotta know how it's gonna hit the person and how how are you gonna, different people are different. So who's your audience? That's a great question. And you know, the question I always like to end with is the one that I begin with, but I find that after a conversation, people answer it differently. But y'all are unique for two reasons. One, (laughs) Um, y'all kind of answered the why question at the beginning. A lot of times people say, I ask them why they do what they do and they start with a story about how they got into it. Y'all actually started with why you do it. Um, so I'm interested to ask the question again. And the other thing that, that makes y'all interesting is that was a question you said that you should ask is why. So you're <laughs> a step ahead of me, good job. Um, I wanna go back through and just ask you guys the same question at the beginning, expand on it if you want, but but like, why do you clock in every day? You could, you could even with the experience you have, you could go get some other job, maybe even make more money in another industry, but, you, but you're in the industry you're in and like, why, why are you doing it? Why are you getting out of bed every day and continuing to do what you do?
3: Um I think I've said this in different ways. One, it's a need that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Like whether I'm making a ton of money or none at all, and I'm doing some other job, it's it's something I have to do. Cool. So I don't know how to explain that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe that it feels like a calling. It's not maybe right. not just a compulsion, but more of like something that feels maybe a little bit like Right.
3: It's like a need. It's not just like, oh let's do this, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um uh besides that i mean why keep keep doing it um i think it's their part of it anyways their response that if if you are making this thing especially we talked about the like target audience and like if if it really is resonating with people and you're like getting that feedback so if anyone's watching this and you loved a film tell (laughs) tell that person tell the filmmaker send in some fan mail people don't you know and Mm -hmm. that's okay but it's like but but yeah if you loved it uh, make sure and tell them because uh, I know that'll mean the world
2: to them cool uh, similarly the same thing I feel like um for me it's 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 cathartic um, it is a need. Um, I feel like I need to do it um it's a release for me um, so um, it's something that gives me joy you know whenever you know in in any capacity and even when I was a small child so um it's it's as much a passion as it is as it is therapy for me so um everybody has their thing that is their zen whether that's nature whether that's reading or you know um for me it, it's always been that that need to create so yeah
0: cool very cool
1: well i i was like do i have two different answers for filmmaking and a film bustle but it really comes back to the same thing it 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 is about creating a place where people feel that sense of belonging and feel mm. that safety, um, and and raising everybody up. When I'm working on a film, I love being able to see something from a different perspective and offer very constructive criticism. Um, and I say constructive, kind yeah. criticism, yeah. Um, because it is just a, a hugely vulnerable process. And I had I threw Laurent under the bus last year in the 48 because i was like i'm going to give you a part and you're going to have lines to learn Um, and he's one of my absolute favorite things about that short Uh, so and he didn't think that he could do it and i love seeing that kind of light bulb switch moment whether it be with an intern at dead center or with a filmmaker Um, knowing that they can take a story in a different direction that they didn't think of or putting somebody in a space where they might be uncomfortable but they feel safe um, is really... At least on the filmmaking side, really what I what I love and live off of, um, and then on the film festival side, it's about creating again that environment where it is safe to show your work in front of hundreds of people, and they're not going to be dicks to you about it, um, and they're gonna they're gonna celebrate and, and encourage you to keep going. Um, so
0: that's yeah. great. That's great answer. Very I find that inspiring, and I appreciate that. We're gonna open up the floor for a little Q and A. Um, do we have the little toss around microphone tonight? We're just yes. going to ask you questions, but here's the deal. I, the, your question may not be on the audio, so give me a chance to rephrase it so it's on the audio and then we'll let y'all answer. So any questions from the house? Sure. <laughs> you guys you guys answered all the questions. We probably did. I'll, 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 we'll we'll take, ask one more time. Anything you guys are curious about?
2: Yes, Vicki. Uh, I have
1: something to say. I know why people
0: keep casting you, it's because you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> <'cause you're> <laughs>
1: Now you've gone through this process of, of having of writing and directing and producing your movie and you've had quite a bit of success with it so far. Sure. You've you sure. won a lot of awards and, and people are raving about it and it's great. Now
0: let me ask you, if you had an endless budget that you could redo the movie and reshape it, would you? If you did, what would you do Great, so the question is, so, so you've made your first feature, yeah. it's done great, you know, big success, a lot of great feedback, a lot of accolades and awards and recognition. Hypothetically, if you were to get an unlimited budget and you had the opportunity to redo that film, would you redo that film? Would you leave it as is? And if you redid it, what would you do differently?
2: Are you referring to you people, my guess? Like, um, I, you know, the, the funny thing is when you go in to make your film, when I, when I did the casting for it locally, um, I was also, I was very, like, overwhelmed with the amount of people that showed up to be in this no-name, no-experience film director from nowhere, you know? So I was, I mean, I had 100 auditions that I, that I had to sort through to kind of cast the film. And the casting director told me, you know... Um, that you have to imagine before you, you do this locally, your dream, your dream cast. Who are those people? Because it kind of informs the way that you select the people for. Because at least, even if you don't have that specific actor sign up to be on your film, um, you can at least refer to the that character. You know, the roles that they do to kind of give someone insight into what you're looking for for that particular person. So, um, if I had the money. To do it, yeah, I mean, I guess I would. I definitely would do it um, to see what the the bigger budget, theatrically released version of You People would be, um, and to see if it would resonate. Because that's the idea. I mean, initially, I'm my I love indie films in general. I don't I don't think I ever want to make. Um, a hundred million dollar movie, you know. I mean, not because, uh, just in general, because I feel like stories don't have to be told with this exorbitant amount of money, depending on what the project is. An indie film. He said an indie film. Sure. A hundred million, man, I don't know. <laughs> There's something about that earthy, organic, gritty, naturalistic approach that I just really, really like. But, um, you know, I like blockbuster films as well, but that's where my heart is. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as just for. If I had the opportunity, I think yeah I think I would it'd be it'd be interesting to see it interpret it for people um, um I feel like certain well obviously certain aspects of the production would be better there was a lot of we used all the resources we had, so we had to contain the spaces we had to limit the amount of extras we had to different things like that nature we it would just be. I would use the locations I wanted. I would use, you know, um, all the talent that we knew we wanted for it. So I mean, I think I don't think too much would change storytelling wise because I think the heart of the story is on the page, you know. But um, I think it would just be given that really polished sheen that would make it look pretty in a DVD bargain bin at Walmart. So. Amazing. <laughs> well, and to add on
3: to that too, so not only you're talking about your production budget, but also like the P&A budget, which is print and advertising, that if you have a bigger budget and can get it, it's actually getting out there, which most independent films don't have the budget to do. So say yeah. you even have, I don't know, $2 million to do a small limited theatrical release. That's a big difference of actually getting out there to the world, you know, kind of thing,
0: um, and marketing it. No percent. doubt. Yeah, there's always the product and then there's letting people know about the product and that's a whole yeah. different ballgame. Yeah. Do we have any other questions from the house before we wrap up? Kind of
3: follow them up. How do you let people know about a film?
0: So how do you let people know about a film that you've released? What's sort of the marketing PR strategy generally?
2: I made this quote in my speech at when I accepted the award for you people, I have no issues promoting myself. So, um, Or my projects. Or my projects, at least, I should say. Because I feel like if, you, if it's your thing, and I don't mean that you know, self-servingly, but I mean that if you created this thing, you know, nobody is going to push it harder than you are going to be able to. And so, if I don't believe in it and if I don't have that energy and that passion for it, then I can't expect anybody else to. So, anything I have, even if it's a stinker, I have to put in that effort to get it out there for, to put eyes on it. So, I mean, I have a a couple of different social media platforms and I also know certain people that in marketing that help with that process, like all the marketing, all the promotional, um, posters, ads and what, things like that. I had people that I enlisted to like make the, you know, to dramatize that for me visualize that for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you have to be the biggest cheerleader for your film it's great to have you know an army of people of team people that are also underneath you doing that, but you have to spearhead it so
0: right on Kyle, tell me about your PR yeah, I and mean,
3: I echo that too. I think especially growing up in the midwest you're kind of told to not do that you know like don't you know talk too highly of yourself or boast on yourself or whatever, but it's you have to get over that i had to get over that fear pretty quickly and if you guys probably don't know that (laughs) about me if you've seen uh, you know all all these things that we've you know posted and shared and everything but you have to get over that quickly and also not be in general from beginning to end not be afraid uh to fail uh and i think we we haven't really talked about that we've been talking about the success of some of this stuff i think that's what a lot of people see is us at festivals and different things and winning awards but also there's a lot of failure that comes with it too And, and i've never been afraid to fail uh, it's it's to get out there and see something to completion versus making it the most successful thing ever um, but it's more about the passion and the completion to me anyway um, yeah I don't know if that helps or adds on to
0: that I think that's that's great insight for sure
1: slightly biased but film festivals a uh, great way to generate word of mouth sure. and other people telling your story are Not as good as but close to you telling your story Um, and it's free so um, I would say film festivals is a big one Uh, and just technology is a really great equalizer use the social media platforms um, make your poster look good and hand it to people don't stick it on a table and hope that somebody picks it up and decides to go see your film. I don't know of a single person who went to go see a film because they saw a postcard laying on a table. They went to go see the film because the filmmaker handed it to them and looked them in the eye and said, I really hope you make my premiere today. I'm so excited to Mm. tell the story.
0: That's real. Um,
1: So that and magnets on your car.
0: (laughs) Car magnets. is Is it still
1: there?
2: It's, it's in, 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 in there, it's
1: there's a a, a <laughs> <so that> antiqued you <laughs> people I, I, magnet on I, Laurent's I, car still. Mag-
2: yeah, for <laughs> my my car, I call it the you people mobile. Um, and every time I stop by Taco Bell, you know it's funny though because you know I stopped by there a lot at three a.m. And um, so a lot of times people would, you know, the person, the cashier, I'm waiting on my sauces you know they would say what's you people well it's great this is a great opportunity for me to exchange Good that. yeah and so and time you would come to a, st- a stoplight people would look at it and, you know and every once in a while i would get a random facebook notifications throughout the day and i'm just like i have to assume that's from me running around promoting it because i'm not you know they i don't know who this human is but right. you know so but yeah
0: that's cool that's great insight i love it uh we got time for one more question if there is one if not and Questions I'm going once. Absolutely. Well, yeah. No, this is a great yeah. time. Everybody, plug away. Shameless plugs. Tell us what you're working on. What do you want the world to know about? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, first, Before yeah? that, okay. Uh, one sure. of the things I learned, you know, we do radio things and TV things and all kinds of stuff. I but see. if you're at a festival, one of the things that work the best for us are buttons, because mm. uh, everyone has a lanyard at a festival. Uh, <laughs> what's going on right now? Uh, so if you have, you know, fairly good, maybe a three-inch button that's fun. Uh, and you're basically like, okay, I'm gonna give this to you, but you have to put it on your <laughs> lanyard. Then now you have 300, 400, you know, buttons on people's lanyards that's doing the voice for you. <laughs> kind of thing. Turn
0: everybody you. into a billboard you at can the film festival. festival. Yeah. Fight over that. Kind that's of cool. Of stuff. Yeah, it like yeah, festival
1: yeah.
0: currency. I love that. Cool, well, I wanna hear what you guys are working on, plug what you wanna plug, and we'll wrap up.
3: Uh, <laughs> the, the biggest thing is probably on my heart is that truth-based film. That's, uh, it's a feature-length film, it's an action, um, live-action film um, that's inspired by the Book of Job set in modern-day high school world called What Rhymes With Reason, mm-hmm. and we're hoping to shoot that um, next summer.
2: Next summer, great. I have a feature film called Freaky AF. It's a body swap movie in the vein of Freaky Friday, uh, set one year into the Trump presidency where two people on very opposite ends of the political spectrum oh, swap yeah. bodies and have to understand what it's like to see things from a different perspective. So it's a comedy. Very cool. You can follow me at Freaky AF film on uh, Instagram. Nice.
1: Or his car at Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. The (laughs) (laughs) Freaky-mobile! The
1: the
2: Freak-mobile, yes! Yes. You laugh, it's happening. I believe it.
1: (laughs) Well, I've been waiting for this one to finish his first draft so that I can get a look at it and tell him what he needs to cut. Um, Or what's amazing about it. Um, So that's that's something that'll be happening in the near future. Um, I've also been planning the festival again. Submissions are open now. Um, Dead Center Film Festival is June 11th through 14th. Um, I also have, so I worked on a film uh, directed by Yusuf Kazemi called The Stand-In that's showing at Norman Film Festival not, this upcoming weekend. Um, I was associate producer and beautiful extra in the back, um, again just trying to take a little bit of a break festival season always takes a whole lot out of me so it's nice to kind of step back get a little room for some creativity to brew and then then go forward again and see what other opportunities are
0: available
2: no doubt i would like to say i make a cameo on that movie so acting once again well i'm a role it's a whole character but right right (laughs) so we can shamelessly plug that so definitely go see that
0: i love that well do check out those upcoming films do get hit to dead center and I want to say thank you again to all of y'all for coming it's awesome we're getting to talk to passionate creatives and hear your insight into your art but also your business and also life in general so thank you for your time thank you to the show starts now studios for putting this together thank you to art and victory um, stay tuned there's going to be more episodes a meeting with all sorts of creative fields here in Oklahoma City and of course thank you to Norman Arts Council for all y'all do check out Norman uh, Film Fest coming up this weekend and check out the second Friday Art Walk here in Norman. Uh, Again, this is uh, Art and Victory and there'll be a new episode coming soon. You can find it all online at artandvictory.com. Thanks and we'll see you next time.